This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But yeah, so far I haven't found any weird notes or booby traps, but there's got to be something in this house waiting for me. I'm going to open a drawer from in like a year. Colin and Caitlin staying here. From place. Colin. Yeah, from Colin yeah. doing something weird in my house. <laughs> Somewhere I feel like there's a little drawer full of spaghetti or something that he's just like. <laughs> Cooked or uncooked? A uh, mix of both. It's Colin, you know, whatever is the most <laughs> surreal. <laughs> It's the uh, pranking of the unsettling. <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed. Call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Or Dundermip, then the people purchase paper people. Dundermip, then the people purchase paper people. Dundermip, then the people purchase paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office, by fans of The Office. I'm your host and the CEO of the world's biggest toy company, Scott's Games and Fun, Edwin Janes. And with me as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. I found a pizza place that opens at 8 a.m. <laughs> and I was singing the week of carpool and got some mornings out. <laughs> Each week we get together and talk about what our do you think Nana would say to that. <laughs> How's it feel? It feels it's good. Feels Sean good. Shoes. Yeah, get it out. There we go. Um, <laughs> each week we get together and talk about our favorite Sex! show, <laughs> NBC's The Office. This week, money with the launch of the re- the newest season of Superfan episodes, we'll be talking about nepotism, the season opener from season seven, uh, and then we'll be heading to the conference room. We'll be taking either some voicemails, some emails from listeners. Um, as you may notice, our dear friend and co-host, uh, Sean, is not with us today. So Alex and I will be holding down I the fort. I love it. Um, I love it more. <laughs> while Sean's away, uh, we will play. We always have fun, I think, when it's just the two of us on these episodes. Um, I love it. <laughs> now that Sean's not here to keep us in check, uh, we're going to run a little wild. Um, but I think it'll still be fun. Hope you missed the drops because I'm back. I'm back. Last week I was gone. Not a drop to be heard. We're coming back in full force. We're back, baby. We're back. But before we get back and before we jump into nepotism, Alex, do we have any housekeeping? Uh, we we don't have a ton outside of your my regular you know Patreon shoutouts. If you don't know what that is, I don't know who you are. But if you want to know, for five dollars you can join our Patreon, our Scotts Tots Club, to get you ad free episodes, get your bonus exclusive monthly mailbags, which we are recording uh, the evening that this episode comes out. Correct. So we are going to put out a call for questions. So just saying, if you've been on the fence, 
you say you found an extra, you found five bucks in your jacket pocket you forgot about, uh, join the tots, you know, you could hear this episode right now, go join the tots and you'll get a fresh, fresh, uh, January exclusive mailbag, uh, tomorrow evening, or I guess tomorrow, whenever this comes out. So get on board the train. It's a lot of fun and great work happening in there. Tons of bonus series, including, uh, it's the first episodes of our brand new podcast, which we're not even on the regular captive audience, which has its own podcast feed where we cover movies that one of us has not seen before. But we have two episodes that were just put out on tots that are not going to be on that feed. So all the more reason to join and listen to our new show. Edwin, what movie is coming up next? On captive the next audience? movie that's coming out is The Big Lebowski. Whoa. And who hasn't seen that? Uh, that would be me. What? <laughs> So uh, this might be the number one you haven't seen this movie movie like the amount of times I have faked my way through <laughs> conversations about this movie. Yes, pretty crazy. It, I don't even know if I'll be time, able to be on this episode, but uh, it's it's a huge one. This is this is like one of the movies when we talked about this idea of this podcast it was like, well, we got to do Big Lebowski because Edwin has not seen it. That was the first one that came to my mind. The amount of yeah. time in those conversations that I faked my way through probably exceeds the running time of this movie. Which, we're borrowing this from some other movie podcasts, but I do think we should stick to it that the episodes cannot be longer than the movie itself. That is the only rule. Otherwise, Good luck with that. Rules. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Especially with Big Lebowski, man. There's, we could talk about that for years. Well, anyway, years. check out our Patreon. Check out the Captive Audience. Check out yeah. our Discord. You can get a link to the Discord in our show notes and in our Instagram bio. If you are a member of our Scott's Tots, you get to join our exclusive Scott's Tots patreon channel mm-hmm. um nepotism first se- episode of season seven uh we are doing this in sort of recognition of the new season of super fan episodes on peacock um yeah a very very exciting uh time moment i've been really really anticipating um this episode or this yep. season i'm sorry being available for super fan episodes because it's one of my absolute favorite seasons and uh very and actually i really really love this episode so i'm very excited to unpack it um yeah. with all of you guys and what season, a time uh, what a time the hmm? super fan drops too i mean we were we were like talking about topics we should do we have a list of ideas and it was like wait a minute this just this just dropped like this is big this is a season seven extended episodes is very much a oh my god it's happening gif you know in <laughs> in real life so uh, very excited to just start at the top of this season. Yeah, and I know we're doing two episodes about episodes back to back, two season seven episodes back to back. You can check out last week's episode on Viewing Party, um, but it seemed only fitting for today. So, Nepotism uh, is episode one of season seven. It released, originally aired September 23rd, 2010, written by Daniel Chun um, and directed by Jeffrey Blitz. So, uh, I, I was very excited to talk about this episode because I love this episode for, for whatever it's really reason. Good. It's really, it really, really stands out to me. Um, and yeah, I just, I think it's very well balanced and maybe we should get into all the different things that go into this episode before I uh, wax poetic about how much I enjoy it. <laughs> but um, one of the yeah. first things that happens in this episode is the lip dub cold open. This is a big one. And this is an era of the office where, I think there's a good, th- I want to say three to f- maybe three seasons run where the season premiere folds in whatever kind of trendy thing has been going on that year or that summer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
This happened with planking. This happens right now with the lip dub. It happens 10 years too late with the parkour with Michael. <laughs> I mean, there's just a lot of uh, th- th- this is something the office likes doing is sort of reflecting a tiny bit of whatever silly p- pop culture is happening at the time, whatever thing is trendy. And certainly I feel like lip dubs hit hit a peak um, when this came out. I, I you know, it was it was happening all over the place. There was also mm-hmm. the trend of the long pans where people would be frozen in in place mannequin challenge you know what i'm talking about? yeah the mannequin challenge there's yeah. a mannequin challenge you had the harlem you shake the, the harlem shake i feel like this era was just was just a hotbed of these kinds of things and so mm-hmm. of course the office uh throws a tat in the ring here with i mean the office lip dub owling never really took off the way that ryan told us it would um and <laughs> no. wa- watching this makes me kind of long for a time when pop culture moved it still moved fast, but it feels like it moved slowly enough and in one place enough that people would actually see and recognize things. Now, uh, a yep. days, it seems like pop culture moves so incredibly fast and it is yep. really fragmented through different sort of segments of TikTok or mm-hmm. Instagram, it may seem. Um, so it's not, it's nice to throw back to an era when uh, something like this could move slow enough that the office could actually uh, incorporate it or fold it in in the, mm-hmm. the run of just its inline or regular seasonal releases. Um, yeah. But the lip dub, I feel like it's just kind of a nice celebration of the full cast. One of the reasons I love season seven so much is because it features such a full ensemble and you get mm-hmm. to see almost everyone sort of incorporated um, in the lip dub. And and to, to remind our, especially our some of our younger listeners who maybe didn't watch the show when it was coming out. I mean, the amount of buzz for season seven, um, we knew going into season seven, it was Steve Carell's last season on the show. So I think the anticipation for like, oh boy, you know, if tune in now or forever hold your peace was very much uh, how it felt at the time of like, I'm, I'm watching every episode. We, this is the last one season with Steve Carell. This is, you know, I wish you could know you were in the good times when they're happening. Um, so I think it folds into how they decided to start off this season with this very colorful, big, bright choreographed um, musical number basically that's done in the office and the way it's filmed the way it moves around the office it every single character they get to just be purely their characters it's it's so great it's so well done it's such a great way to kick off this kind of what feels like a final season of look everyone's in the spotlight here everyone character knows who they are everything is just tight all the way down to you get about halfway, two thirds through this song, and you're like, "Where's Michael? Like, Michael would be all <laughs> over this." And then, lo and behold, goes into his office. He basically gets his own section um, of the slip dub, which he obviously must have negotiated with everyone there. I mean, was was this? Do you think this was Andy's idea or Michael's idea? I feel like it's only one of the two. Yeah, I, I probably Andy idea. I bet I'm imagining Andy brought it to Michael, and Michael ran with it. Loved um, it. I mean, it's an opportunity for him to be Michael the Magic, big, and use like the flash paper, the little dove on the end of the uh, the wand, just just uh-huh. dime store magic all over the place, mm-hmm. <laughs> with little little flash thing out of his hand. He's I just, he even I really, does a few of them three four times. I wish we could have seen him put that cigarette through that freaking quarter. <sighs> yeah. Cigarette through a freaking quarter. If you were to play one of the roles in the lip dub. Take on one of the roles instead of, uh, you know, pick I a character. Who would even you even go near a cigarette now without thinking of a penis? 
and vice versa. Sorry, I had to get that one in there. Uh, what role would I have wanted? Uh, oh, Creed's guitar solo for sure. Mm. Just a great little, just a great interlude. Um, Point at the camera. Yeah, that was just kind of a fun, just a fun role. I probably wouldn't have been on my little Bluetooth headset like him, but <laughs> this is who they decided Creed is this season. And yeah, how about you? I think the most fun would have been Andy to start it off. Kick it off. That yeah. would have been really fun. And then roll and do the glitter, you know? Roll, yeah, it's a, it's a big one. Uh, I think I would have auditioned for Andy, and I would have been cast as Jim. I think that would have been my role. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the, I like how, again, we were talking about how it's just very concentrated character work mm-hmm. throughout this entire thing. I like how Jim appears completely disinterested and just like, guys, what are we doing? Um, and then he kind of turns around looking bored, and then he kind of gets into the rhythm with everyone. Well, we've talked about, you know, there are moments that that we've come up on the show, like how funny it is when the entire staff collectively groans mm-hmm. or when you see Dwight's socks. Another moment to me that is almost always funny is when Phyllis says, Dwight. And <laughs> we get like two really good ones in this episode. We get one where he's up on the desk and then we get another one when he's paying Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> White. What, what are you talking about? Uh, Stanley's, I, you know, they're like, Stanley, you can't not be in this. And he's just like, I'll just hold the door. They're like, like he's basically a doorstop. Uh, <laughs> slash timekeeper. Toby's on camera. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked about well, how weird it is that Daryl's not more involved, that he's just mm-hmm. kind of doing his job. But I could also see Daryl in the moment being like, we got a lot of shipments going out, Mike. Can't really do that today. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with Angela. All makes sense. Just great <laughs> moments throughout. I also love the line from Kelly. You make it really hard to love you sometimes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kelly and Ryan actively having a fight mm-hmm. during the filming of this. And and I, and then, which goes into all of this, which is at the end, it's like, well, it was better. And everyone cheers. Yeah. Woo! And what was it before? <laughs> with an interruption yeah. from Ryan, mm-hmm. Stanley talking during it. You're behind. Like <laughs> it's just it's just it's just great. Uh Creed if taking they, a phone call during his shot. If they do multiple takes, they have to clean up the glitter every time. I know. How many times? Yeah. How many the times streamers. did they do this shot? Uh, all of Michael's magic tricks need to get reset. Yeah, all also, the streamers. It's a lot of there's a lot. I don't really know this song or have any sort of connection with the song outside of this lip dub. Like it's not a song that I was familiar with really before. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I this is. Not. I feel like this is such a classic. Like this is just such a. I I don't know what I've heard this. I know it's by the Human Beans, and it's spelled B E I N Z. Wonder why they never made it, never panned out. Mm-hmm. But this is the only song I've ever heard from them. And uh, I thought actually, when I didn't realize that the tuning, uh, what do you call the little little like thing you blow? Oh on yeah, the, the pitch pipe. The, the pitch pipe. I thought. I thought forever that the song starts and Andy's just listening to that. He's just listening to the pitch pipe on his iPod <laughs> just to oh. get in tune, even though he's not actually singing. A440. Uh, that, <laughs> which would be such an Andy thing is you're doing a lip dub and not actually singing, but he still gets yeah. the right. Uh, uh, he's got to get the right tone. Mm-hmm. But no, he uh, that's actually in the song, which I didn't realize. <laughs> what, what a cold open. A great cold. One of the greats. Really memorable. Yeah, a classic, especially to open up the season. Yep. All right, well, let's jump into the episode. But wait, maybe before we do, let's take a quick break. 
let's take let's take a quick break and we'll get into this Cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your crazy neighbor or, oh, let's say, having your boss drag you against your will to a rehab facility. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while you're breaking your habit. It's really cool. It's like this little pen device that um, you just breathe through, and it has all kinds of flavored air. I really like the grapefruit one. Um, there's almost kind of something minty and like refreshing about it. It's really neat. You gotta try the new Solano fume. It's made with a premium walnut barrel and an onyx-coated mouthpiece that has a slightly softer finish. Start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash Michael and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code Michael to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash Michael to save 10% off the journey pack today. Welcome back to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, already in progress. We're talking about nepotism. We just finished talking about the cold open, and we're about to talk about the episode itself. Uh, I love this episode because it has such a first day of school vibe. It uh, mm. And especially with the super fan cut, we get a little more... Um, just uh, we get contributions from different characters, but what they did on their summer vacation. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it kind of fills out an episode that doesn't have a ton of big dramatic storylines. And that's one thing that I really like about it. There's kind of this getting back in the groove, getting back into the office, catching up with the characters. Um, and it's just a very fun way to start the season. Yeah. There's not like a, I mean, there was, you know, there's something of a cliffhanger at the end of season six, sort of, with with Joe saying she'll she'll see what she can do to get Holly transferred mm-hmm. back. But like, there's no, there's nothing really we're waiting to see resolved like we have sometimes in, in other seasons. Be it who's the new boss or what happened with Jim and Pam, or any mixture of those things. Um, but yeah, this is this kind of really feels like a a, a standalone episode, really outside of at the very end when that, you know, Michael's assigned counseling, which goes into just the next episode, <laughs> this doesn't like kick off a season long arc in any way. It doesn't resolve something. Um, it's, it's kind of a unique uh, season opener in that regard. I think too, if you think to season six, a lot of the big dramatic sort of cliffhanger esque moments happen throughout the season. So you have Jim and Pam getting married, Jim and Pam having their baby, the acquisition of Dunder Mifflin by Saber. All of those things happen in the middle of the season. So it makes sense that there isn't like, some big cliffhanger at the end. And yeah, like you said, um, there isn't a big Jim Pam cliffhanger at the end of every season or at the end of right. this season. Um, the baby or uh, at the, in the job or uh, Jim not proposing and goodbye, Toby. Um, like there isn't that same sort of drama going into this season, which I, for it being later in the show's run, I think works very well. 
Yeah. There is a bit of a, uh, I, I don't know what you want to call it, kind of a fake out where you're almost assuming, oh, okay, I, Aaron and Andy have finally gotten together. And uh, the yeah. fake out is Gabe swoops in for for a kiss. And that's sort of mm-hmm. the reveal of, uh, uh, you know, I started dating Aaron this summer. It has been in a word, exquisite. And right away, Aaron, we find out at the very start of her, her and Gabe's relationship that she said yes because uh, she thinks that he's his, her boss. The boss. Yeah. Um, very problematic relationship. Gabe seemingly has no idea that that's what's going on. But Aaron, uh, as always, you know, is game to <laughs> do what needs to be done. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't bode well for the rest of their relationship. Yeah. No, He's accomplished but, so much uh, career-wise and height-wise. And Andy takes it as, uh, Gabe, am I, he asks, am I angry that Gabe stole my girlfriend over the summer? Which, which implies there was some movement that way, and then it all went sideways. Or rather, it went upwards uh, to Gabe. So uh, <laughs> he cites his anger management training. He's sitting on a beach, Cape Cod gazing out across the white caps i don't know why like it's such a great it's such a great little andy bernard thing that like his happy place is so prep school east coast just in its description of like there's always a whale cod gazing out at the white caps for some reason the way you'd instead of just like i'm on a beach looking at the ocean it's gazing out across the white caps uh and there's a humpback whale eating game there's a hump there's a humpback whale. There's Fudgy the whale. There's a little whale tie pin. Um, mm-hmm. It's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, one of the reasons that I like this, I mean, well, I, I've been saying this a lot, but this whole, like, what what have you been doing? What have you been up to on your summer vacation? There used to be, like, videos like this that NBC would publish, I think, during the summer months online. I remember there's one from where Michael talks about watching Itu Mama Tambien, which he thinks is Spanish for throw mama from the Tambien. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with the super fan cut, we just get a little more. We find uh, out Michael going back to the lake. He's drinking the apple cider out of the trunk of his car. Yeah. Um, he saw Inception, or at least he dreamt he did. You know, yeah. I, I do like that we get these little profiles from everyone. It kind of helps uh, set the story. I mean, and it's true of a lot of different seasons, um, especially like uh, in New Guys in season nine or um, season eight when they introduced Robert California. But I like that with this version of The Office, Joe is still in charge, but she's only seen through a laptop screen. Um, and we just get little recaps from everybody, you know? Yeah. One of the things that, that changes this episode a little bit is we get the reveal that Kevin has decided he's just going to start lying. Yeah. Uh, New addition weird. for the super fan cut. I, yeah, I love it, it personally. It made me it's really great. happy. It is great. Uh, it, it, you know, it's funny when they cut it, it, it does, it makes more sense when you know that that's what Kevin's doing all of this, especially when it comes to Kevin repairing the elevator, which is why would you choose him to do that? Which (laughs) I never realized I was like, I don't know why I never thought of that. Like, why is Kevin the one doing this prank with Pam? Um, he wouldn't be my pick, but. Uh, it makes much more sense with the context that, yes, Kevin has decided to just lie, um, including <laughs> a scene where he talks about how much, you know, how much he's hooking up with this girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, but if people believe him and they're just like, good, good for you, Kevin. Good job. <laughs> it's kind and of it a trial run for, for uh, the commentary where like they say that uh, this is a commentary of how we he thinks we see him, you know. 
Um, and because it's kind of like how much, how much are people actually paying attention to him? Like when he says, he talks about, I think her name is Jenny coming over and making dinner and them hooking up. Angela Mm -hmm. says gross. And Oscar says, that's awesome, Kevin. (laughs) And they just kind of leave it. They don't want to engage any further than that. It's great. It's, I mean, accounting has maybe the best dynamic in the office. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kelly's doing the minority minority executive training program that was introduced in season six. Um, Dwight, of course, has bought the building. We'll sort of get into that as a as a side plot for almost plays out really through the rest of the show. Uh, that this is sort of introduced here. We get uh, Toby self publishing oh, yeah. his mystery novel and then selling four copies and being sued for plagiarism. It made me laugh so much. Yeah. <laughs> It's because it's not just. Did you Toby read the title of his book? Event at the Lake. It's no. It's just event. Event at Mystery Cave. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> event at Mystery Cave. It's just the worst Mad Lib ever. <laughs> it's like Angela did a Mad Lib to title his book. Yeah. Be like something that happened. Event. <laughs> at a place. Uh, anyway, yeah, great, uh, all good stuff. Uh, well, there was one other with Toby, that, well, hold on, with, with Toby, yeah. it's not Michael making fun of him or putting him down. It's like he does this thing, and it just happens like that in his life. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I do, I do I really love that. Like that, the the Toby as like the punching bag. He's kind of like Charlie Brown a little bit. Like he's just kind of yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of his. Where it's like he's life. not like that. Yeah. You know, in, in Parks and Rec uh, with Jerry, who's my, who's my favorite character yeah. in in Parks and Rec, and they build this character where. When Jerry's at home and he's not in the office, he's the opposite of who everyone thinks he is, where he's got this mm-hmm. big, beautiful, gorgeous family. He's really slick. He's got great hand-eye coordination <laughs> when he's not there. And at the office, he's he's just a laughing stock. He's a joke. And they did not do that with Toby, uh, where he is, in fact, just <laughs> just as bad, if not worse. Maybe the office is where people actually see him as, you know, as like a competent person, but I'm like, yeah. Do you think he actually plagiarized anything, or does he think it's just just bad Toby luck? Probably both. I think, or that he like, was so generic in his mystery that it's yeah, you could just say he's plagiarizing anything. I don't think Toby actively plagiarized, but I do feel like that's probably that he did it on accident, or uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He probably read a ton of mystery novels, and he sort of just wrote an average something exactly. that they all kind of, yeah. and he borrowed yeah. everything from all of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. One other thing we get to is um, Daryl learned that he blew out his knees. Oh yeah, uh, playing softball, which I believe he teases before, where he says, "I've only got one year left in these knees." Yeah, when he's talk because he's he declines to do the training the program, all colors initiative. Yeah, yeah, which Kelly does because he's like, "I only got one year left in these knees." So I like this long term resolution of that uh, that we learned in the extended cut that he <laughs> he hurt his knees playing softball. <laughs> And spend a lot of the summer not doing much. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. And then uh, the oh, for Jim and watch Pam, CNN just, most of the time. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jim and Pam have just kind of settled into being Jim and Pam at the office. Like I think, you know, at this point in their dynamic, until we get to like season eight a little bit, there's they're a little less actively involved in the storylines and the plot. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, they're still a big part of the ensemble, but in terms of their relationship drama, their family, their marriage, their children, like it doesn't, it's not at the forefront of a lot of the plots of the season seven episodes. Michael 
is is much more at the forefront. Andy and Aaron a little more at the forefront. Dwight. So um, we get to see a bit of that, which is which comes to life in Dwight as the building owner, and Jim is spending most of his time pranking him. Um, yeah. Which yeah is just kind of a nice dynamic. I I do really like the gigantic ring of keys, and yep. the plot to add more keys to it until his pants fell down. It really is reminiscent of today. I knocked myself with the phone um, from conflict <laughs> yes. resolution. Well, we get to a little bit in the extended cut of Pam and Jim talking about it later. And she's like, it really is a good prank. It's like, it was very elegant. She says, I like that. <laughs> she's so in tune with his pranks. That's like, this is a very, it's very well done. Very elegant that, that he could get away with it. I will say that the Jim or Dwight throwing the keys back at Jim oh. is some of the best Foley on the show. Some of the best like extra sound effects. We get just like the little plinking of the keys um, hitting Jim. Because the they're face. landing on carpet. Like they're not making any sound. Right. They're not making but... any real noise, but they have this really like satisfying like bing, bing, like the escalated <laughs> so, pitch as they go. Like there's no reason so it would good. do that. No, yeah. No, but, but it's so bing, good. Bing, it's bing, very bing, satisfying. Bing. Yeah. 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 Uh, it is very much kind of a, Back to basics. Nice. Uh, yeah. Kind of table setting for season seven of like, yeah, they're they're pranking. Here's what everyone did. Uh, and then perhaps, at least for this episode, the most notable thing that someone did over the summer, which we can get into, is Michael hiring his nephew, uh, Luke Cooper. Played by Evan and Peters. Played by Evan Peters, uh, who would who'd obviously go on to become quite a big star. I think he might have... Been on his way at the... Was he not in the show Heroes at this time? Wasn't he in that show? Uh, I'm not sure. I think Am he... I making that up? I don't know. I don't know if he was in Heroes. I didn't... Man, gosh, I didn't watch that much of that show. Um, he was in Kick-Ass. Remember that? And I sure do. He was in... He was Quicksilver in the X-Men movies. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. maybe... That's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, American Horror Story. That's what else was going on. That's the other that's big one. That's where I first then, um, saw him in, yeah. And then yep. uh, Dahmer as well was the last one. Well, that's his. Yeah, that was that was yeah. a couple years ago, a uh, year and a half now. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer, his mm-hmm. his huge huge role bringing him into our, our Netflix homes. Um, but yeah, at the time, he is so good at playing this little shitbag. Uh, <laughs> this guy that like these guys the the. The Boondock Saint, Citizen Kane, you know, posters in the dorm room. Like this guy was very real, very real. Um, <laughs> you know, around what is this? 2012. This is 2010. Is? 2010. Oh man. Okay. This is so. This is right. It's like the year I graduated college, and this guy's <laughs> everywhere. Uh, this, is, this is a real person, Luke Cooper. Total. Just an awful, awful human being. Who doesn't even know, like, they're not even old enough or really aware enough, self-aware that they're this awful, um, that they're just, all they do is consume <laughs> and they just give nothing back to the world at all and even has a shitty attitude on top. Like, just just the worst. I mean, he comes in, says, Coffee Monkey's here, and he has the nicknames for everyone. Right. Big O. Tiny. Tiny. Daryl Handle. Daryl Handle. Venus. Uh, calls me the Nard Man. The Nard Dog, okay? Yeah. Nard Man is my father. What? Yeah. It's By the way, great, yeah. great all guys team name, trivia team name, the Nard Men. <laughs> There's a, uh, you know, it's funny with this episode too, being a super fan episode, we get a lot of extra stuff. But 
one thing that made me appreciate this episode even more is that most of it is just kind of talking heads, just kind of mm-hmm. context for other things that happen in the office. It's not like there's a big storyline or stuff that gets cut out. A lot of it is like Andy talking about uh, how he got to fire people in a boardroom one time by running around and tagging them as a child. It's like those are the little ex- the extra things that come back <laughs> into the show, which I really like. That I'm so glad you brought that one up. That is maybe my favorite little piece of this extended <laughs> cut is Andy revealing. It just, it's such a good show and not tell of the absolute, I, I don't know, privileged hellscape that Andy grew up in of like what, what, what a corporate nightmare it would have been to work for Andy's parents or Andy's dad of like, this this is like a torture thing where everyone's sitting in the room and my four year old's gonna run around and he's gonna tag someone and that person's fired and like that's so sadistic it's it's so awful and but like it says a lot about who Andy is. It's also the kind of thing that uh, you know it doesn't contribute much to this actual storyline. It's just something that a comedy writer came up with that is very funny. It doesn't actually add anything to the plot of the of the episode, um, so naturally no. it does get it does end up hitting the cutting room floor, I guess. But um, it these are the little inclusions though. that really make these episodes uh, so magic. Yes. Uh, you, and you, you realize, like, if if The Office came out today as a Netflix series or a Peacock series where it didn't need to be on any kind of time clock, you know, and you'd be like, this one, this episode's thirty five minutes, this one's twenty nine or whatever. Much how would the extended cuts are? You wonder what would they have just left in? Would all of, you know what what would they not have cut and you think they would always you think they would add in these little tiny five to ten second talking heads that develop so much character but um this is why we this is why it feels like new content new episodes we're getting right now is this kind of stuff mm-hmm. well yeah but then uh i mean i guess to go back to lucy so really funny. makes it ah, whoops my bad <laughs> 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 sorry sometimes when i wake up my drop computer when it's falling asleep i accidentally hit one and uh you never know what it's going to be. We don't know what's going on inside the monkey's head. Um, we also head. don't know what's going on inside of Luke's head, as no. he's a he's a bad attitude and is a bad worker. <laughs> well, we know Chumbawamba is as... happening inside his ears. <laughs> yeah, waiting for his strawberries to be ready. Um, but yeah, it's just very funny that uh, he's brought in and like is so uh, aggressively bad in terms of the. We see yep. more of that. So we have the coffee order. We have the copy machine. Um, we just mm-hmm. kind of walks away. Um, I guess uh, we have the ice cream, the clutch cream run, bro. Everything he does, he just does kind of poorly. Um, Almost and, willfully bad, yeah. too. Like there's a layer to Luke that's not just like he's forgetful or he doesn't have any attention to detail, impulsivity and attention to detail. Uh, this is a family har- hallmark, I guess. But he doesn't. He actively is like, I am not caring and I'm going to show you I'm not caring and what are you going to do about it? Um, I almost feel like he'd be this way even if the person that hired him wasn't related to him. You know what I mean? Like he just mm-hmm. is so, uh, you know, he's wearing the clothes he's wearing. He's just, he's barely trying at all. And everyone knows this and everyone tells Michael very quickly at the top of this episode, like this guy's the worst. Uh, new guy sucks. As this. Um, He's got to go, Mike. Dare, everyone's got something to say <laughs> about Luke, and nobody likes him. Mm-hmm. Very unlikable. We also get to see a little bit more of why Michael is doing this. I mean, we know that yeah. you know uh, his his half sister um, is Luke's mom, and that she kind of cut him off from that side of the family because Michael lost him in a forest. 
uh, <laughs> all-time talking head. <laughs> and <laughs> like that they let him just his you see him do his calculations of like 15 14 last time I saw Luke opening day of face Ace Venture 2 uh, 95. So yeah, 15 years. Yeah. Anyway, I lost him in the forest. <laughs> we, we get to see Perfect. him have a call with Luke's mom. They they talk about Facebook. They talk about Nana, who we see later on. Or no, I guess we see earlier um, yeah. in uh, Michael Scott Paper Company arc. Um, and we just get to see Michael kind of longing to be back with his family. Um, but it it is funny that Michael seems to be more at home with his work family, I guess. Or, um, you know, he tries with Luke, but... Um, you yeah. really can't bring it out of him. Because I guess I, that's, that is another thing we see from Michael is like him actually trying to help Luke out with the invoices a little bit or with even with the laser pointer thing. Like he's really giving him softballs to try to just do totally. something really, really baseline um, to prove that he should be at the office at all. Something helpful. Yeah. Uh, um, get ice get cream. How hard is that? Right. I Get ice cream. Right. And, and mm-hmm. he even does that so he can talk about Luke with everyone <laughs> while he's out getting it, uh, which is a whole great. Great conference room scene we'll get into, but this is yeah. like he just the the addition of that convert phone conversation with with his half sister, who I'm guessing is Jeff's daughter. Did Jeff? Yeah. Did Jeff and Michael's well, mom have? Maybe when Michael was in his "I hate you" with Jeff, like because Jeff and his mom got married. We know Michael was a little kid. He was the ring bearer mm-hmm. at Jeff and his mom's wedding, so they must have had her right after this. So she's probably a younger half-sister by you know whatever five six years Mm -hmm. that's how i not that any of this really matters but that's how i saw it yeah i guess it's interesting because you would have thought that michael would really embrace that person as like a sister and i guess like you would imagine michael have a much stronger connection to them maybe you know maybe he did until he lost lost luke uh, yeah, I, well, I guess because Michael seems like such a person who was struggled for f- friends and companionship is, as a child, you know, that's just kind of the impression you get yeah. from Fundle Bundle and, and from yeah. these things. But yeah, I guess I guess it's hard to kind of piece that together from just this. But yeah, uh, the, all. Yeah. The only thing I can assume is it's <clears throat> that is his half sister. Yes. Is Jeff like I would. It would also make sense. Daughter, and Jeff is probably like doesn't want Michael around at all or just is like don't dude this is not i know you think she's your half sister but this is my daughter and i don't like you i you know I, there's something the way weird it, going on with jeff the way that it plays out even in this phone call would make it seem almost more that she's like a stepsister which is to say that maybe she was jeff's child from a previous marriage or something like that and that's how it feels but that's how it feels yeah. but he does say half sister which is he different say than stepsister yeah. so I almost feel like a stepsister. Maybe he'd be, it'd be better. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's something weird going on. But uh, all that is, I mean, what's weird about it is in that phone call with his half sister, he is so hesitant to have anything critical to say about Luke because I think he's so desperate to yeah. regain this bridge to his family um, that he'll he'll do whatever it takes, and which includes just being willfully ignorant of whatever Luke is doing. I just can't get over, you know, uh, screw the teapot letter. Let me see Michael losing Luke in Forrest. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, I wonder if it was the same Forrest as Survivor Man. Yeah. <laughs> Had to go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh. Um, um, 
but yeah, I guess uh, we can we can see out the rest of the storyline, which is that you know Luke is is back and he's causing a disturbance. Uh, I do love when uh, Meredith uh, <laughs> tells him to scram, turn off the Chumbawamba and scram. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know Luke is supposed to help out with the laser pointer and is he's got the laser pointer on everyone: Oscar's forehead, Angela's boob, Andy's eyeball, um, and then Michael says. You need to learn to be more professional, Luke, and deals out what he calls capital punishment, um, mm-hmm. much to the praise of capital, everyone in the office. Capital punishment. He means yeah. corporal punishment, of course. Right, of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was Texas that was just justice. That's where the drop comes from. I love it, yes, yeah. sir. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, uh, we get this. Everyone gets to <laughs> replay the spanks. Uh, gets which gives us the wonderful blooper of Rain Wilson coming in to spank at Holmes, and they use <laughs> that. The, yeah. They use that in this episode that cut because there's just a shot of Rain Wilson right after he does it. That's the look on his face is so funny. <laughs> it's so deeply funny. It makes me laugh so hard. Right where they cut that when he's like Dwight, get off me, stop. Right where they cut it, Dwight's Dwight. face is just Mwah, put it on. Ah. The it's very similar to like i got her with the whole aaron winning the art contest thing it's like yeah yeah um you know and i also love too that we we talked about kevin being a liar like there's another season seven blooper where kevin is in the elevator and he's saying i just came from the museum where i saw an exhibit and he can't get through the line and it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense where it's supposed to be in the episode unless you see this extended cut. And you know that Kevin is just lying about things. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting how they can cape like, I don't know, the sometimes the super fan cuts make me just appreciate the editing because, like, the mm. way that they're able to kind of craft and polish and reduce little bits and pieces of the story to keep it cohesive but also hit this runtime is kind of amazing. Um, yeah. Before we move we get too the... far off. Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to point out the uh the don't don't bother luke conference room that's what i wanted to talk about so thank you okay yes that's as clear as i can make it um (laughs) (laughs) that well that's an incredible thing i think we had a i remember we on a voicemail episode or maybe on a scott's tots episode about (laughs) like what would you just leave on a whiteboard behind Uh maybe an office fan would as they come in for whoever uses the conference room next would get it and putting a bother luke with this crossed out sign which is, is then, so good to just leave around your office so it, everyone but, out there please do that and send us pictures the don't don't bother luke i think we talked about putting that on a t-shirt it's <laughs> yeah. really good good subtle merch would you buy that as a t-shirt let us know you can also check out our merch store mspcstore.com yeah. get yourself yeah. a mug uh get i gotta say though i would I don't know if I put. I don't know if I'd wear that on a shirt. I'd hundred percent have right. it as a sticker. Why, why would I'd you wear hundred yeah. percent? Have stickers that I would put everywhere. Uh, as don't don't bother. <laughs> don't Luke. don't bother, Luke. It's so good. <laughs> it's so silly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I also really love the way that Michael talks about nepotism. I mean, we get more of it with the extended cut. But like, I love that Michael talks about what if the band Hanson just had the little kid and a fifty-year-old guy who was a murderer. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> we we talked about or we mentioned uh, some of the best Foley uh, in the show. One of the best Jim eyebrow raises is when Michael says that Jim is looking down and his eyes get so big. 
<laughs> wow, so many points being made. We get the great minds battling it out. Um, yeah. From Creed, which I feel like I feel like is incorrectly attributed to the episode China later this season. Mm. Uh, yeah. But it is not. It is, in fact, just during this conference room meeting. Actually, <laughs> it's in this conference room meeting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love God when he needed help on Earth. Who did he hire? Jesus Christ, his son. <laughs> Aaron, that's a really tight argument. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but we're talking about Luke, who's terrible. <laughs> also, what? <laughs> this Okay. There's also a great... This would have been a great moment for another one of these from Michael. I don't know what the f- that was from Aaron, <laughs> but when, when Kelly, while they're having this discussion, just says, I would just like to say something off of what Terrell said about the level playing field. This is actually a zoning issue. Michael does this ex- hands on his face. Just like, I don't, like, he, he, he kind of gives this look to the camera almost of just like, this is what I'm dealing with is kind of his <laughs> his energy there. Um, that, and and uh, it, it just goes back to what you said, like with the cold open of just like the, the, the writers, everyone on the office says, all right, season seven, we know Steve Krell's leaving. This is an ensemble show and we need to drive that home this season. And there's just so many moments in this episode right off the gate that that do this really well. Um, we could probably go through another dozen or so, but these are all these little lines and moments that are just, just perfect. The way Michael reacts to Kelly, uh, to everything Kevin is doing in this episode. It's just, it's great. I love when Toby says, uh, you guys, I think Michael and Luke may be related. And, and they're like, Toby <laughs> detective, the detective man. He's like, I got and Stanley says, I might buy your book. And he says, it's better if you don't. It could ruin Legal. me. Yeah, it's better if you don't. Legally, it's better if you don't. It ruined me. And to which Michael says, put me down for a million copies. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good, good throwaway line from Michael. Yeah. Put me it's down for a million that- copies. Toby has finally published his book. And he says, legally, it's better if you don't. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, they uh, they break into Luke's car. Oh uh, yes, of course. We yes, we this is this is sort of where the episode turns, or at least the storyline turns, is because until then, Michael's basically like <laughs> proudly admitting that he's related to Luke, and he's like, "I just want you to treat him like he's my nephew." <laughs> it's, not, it's not so hard to understand. Yeah. Um. But this is where it turns when, when, as Andy says, this kid's costing us sales, Michael. This sort of, it becomes, uh, Michael can no longer ignore or no longer pull the wool over his eyes. That like, look, this isn't just that people don't like him. It's like he's making this, he's making people's jobs harder, literally, mm-hmm. by not delivering things he said he'd deliver and keeping, uh, you know, Michael's pants he was going to return to Talbot's in his car. <laughs> As always, it takes something to happen to Michael personally for him to really care about something. No, I know they uh, fit. They're not about. It's not about the fit. <laughs> I also love that, like Joe them back anyway. Joe has to get involved, and that's also a next level. Um, yes, that's one of the best sort of misdirects. Oh, oh. you don't love all the facts, which are, <laughs> I love him. How far has it gone? <laughs> Oh God! 
How far has it gone? We've 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 combed through this line a few times in this podcast, but it is it's like this is why this is this is why you get this caliber of a guest star in Kathy Bates. Just how far has it gone? The way she says it is so measured and it's something she's definitely done before. She's not she's not shocked at all by this news. She's just sort of Oh gosh, this is another thing on my to-do list now. How far has it gone? Like, how, like legally, where do I need? What do I need to do? Just amazing. Also, the way that Gabe, we get the way that Gabe sits down on the chair. <laughs> yeah. Yes, does a little um, dip sit. <laughs> Lower yourself, Gabe. I believe it's uh, in the extended cut too, where at the end Michael has to be like, "Okay, move," and you get to see how funny yeah. it is that Gabe is sitting. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and we get Joe very much in character just kind of quickly providing some good leadership to michael with a with sort of a folksy saying uh you know he's <laughs> i got a nephew too but he don't work for me he can swim in my pool but he can't come in my house um and michael loves michael loves these sort of southern sayings yeah. that joe Bennett has and loves to try and come up come up with his own uh you cover his ass like tidy whities he's like i will cover his ass like moss on a mississippi tree stump <laughs> Was how I put it not clear enough? <laughs> you go and make, make your own your saying. Own saying. <laughs> Calls him out immediately. Um, but yes, so so this leads to uh, all this. All this leads to the laser pointer scene, um, the spanking of Luke, and then Luke is gone. You know, he's yeah. as, as mysteriously as, as he appeared. He just runs away. Screw it. You know, screw it. Uh, I, I don't know. There's something about his body language, the way he runs out, where I'm like, ah, did this, did this happen? Did Jeff hit him as a kid? Like, it's almost like he's, he experiences something again. I don't know. I can't, I can't really put my finger on it, but that's just the, the vibe I got from Luke, uh, mm-hmm. on his way out that maybe there's a reason he's so, he has so much contempt for adults, but, um, but yeah, he's gone. And Creed reports that he's been relentlessly trashing everybody on Twitter. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. it's funny stuff, but mean. And, and then, uh, yeah, I do love uh, at the end when Michael reaches a uh, Gabe wants to talk to him. He says, "What is this in relation to?" Uh, and <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Six six counseling sessions. Thankfully, all of our uh, our HR representatives are are trained counselors, and yeah. like just that little reveal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to working with you, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> and how much Michael genuinely considers termination yeah. over six sessions yeah. with Toby. Sick. <laughs> He's calculating it in his head. Uh, but yeah, I love Michael's reaction to that. You have to undergo six sessions of counseling. He's like, really? That's it? All right. That's highway robbery. Gabe's yeah. good. That's the spirit. Uh, <laughs> and that, that leads into counseling. So uh, yeah, it's just a, self-resolving almost self-resolving thing with his nephew we don't we don't see you know, luke never comes back he never mentions luke again he's just sort of rented for one episode um and then uh and then well counseling that's a whole nother episode but um that's the main storyline anything else any other notes on the main main plot here? not not from that i'm just kind of now excited to talk about dwight the building owner and uh yes yes Bart Simpson jim's prank Trenton. The Bart Simpson of Scranton. Um, do people call you that? Yeah, yeah. This is this is all. Uh, this is this is sort of 
setting setting a precedent throughout the next couple seasons where like you've said Jim and Pam are settled they have a child they have accepted their life who they are and everything that angst of them is gone and in comes this sort of uh let's start to just examine what is a healthy long-term relationship and what are the what sort of things happen this is i think i would say the first sort of domino in that whole line that we plays out through the end of season nine uh, all the way to athlete and everything after that and this is this kind of starts it off it's just this little like nothing's wrong but it doesn't feel totally right and it's maybe i'm reading too much into it but that's sort of the vibe i got of why are they doing this yeah i think there are also some elements of uh you know, them playing pranks on Dwight to kind of, I mean, Pam says uh, Dwight hasn't been messed with in a while. So he's really, uh, what is the line? He's really annoying or he's really, uh, you know, I, I don't remember exactly, but he's he hasn't been taken down in a little while. Um, yes. And there's an element of, it's kind of season one-esque where they're just kind of trying to play a prank on Dwight to kind of escape the uh, the boredom of the day or because Dwight like quote unquote deserves it or whatever. Um mm-hmm. You know, uh, as Jim maybe would say, I guess. Uh, but like the the workplace doesn't feel like it's as much of a place to escape from as it does in season one. I would say, like it's yeah. more colorful, it's more fun. It doesn't seem as serious with the sales. Like there's no sales conversations or business conversations going on. It's just Luke and his coffee and his ice cream, mm-hmm. basically. Um, mm-hmm. But oh, my favorite part of an ice cream party: the bagel chips. The bagel chips. Yeah, yeah. Soy ice cream. Um, but yeah, and then of course, I mean, we get Pam talking a little bit more about feeling bad for ruining Jim's prank and then trying to get with Kevin to, to mess up the elevator. And then Kevin, yeah, leans into this whole story about having been an elevator, elevator repairman. My specialty was the buttons. What's the buttons? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could see it though. I could see Kevin as a <laughs> mm-hmm. elevator repairman. Uh, but I think, and I, yeah. I, I could be wrong. I think elevator repairman, I think that's like a very lucrative job. I don't think there's like a lot of I mean, of it's a very, are... it's a very important job, you know, <laughs> it's very important and probably a lot of hazard pay involved in that sort of thing. I would guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when so, I was yeah, in I don't LA, feel like Kevin would have switched out of that career. When I was living in LA, there was a time when we were in this like temporary working space while the office was getting set up. We were on like floor 26 and one day there was a power outage and there was like trouble with the elevators. And all of a sudden it became like, oh, wow, the elevators are incredibly important. <laughs> and uh, yes, unless you want to go down 26 flights of stairs to, to get out. We ended up taking like a freight elevator that moved really, really slowly to get out of the building that day. Um, mm. But I just can't imagine Kevin being the guy they would call to fix it. <laughs> the, I just looked this up. Uh, this, uh, it's only in California uh, that they're showing average salary for an elevator mechanic. Okay. The it says elevator mechanic salaries in California vary between fifty two thousand and two hundred and nine thousand per year. It's just okay. a massive scale. So there's about a hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar swing in there. But uh, all that is to say, I think it's it's actually a pretty uh, pretty good career. I, um, I also but love that Kevin oh, yeah. did not do that. And yeah, go ahead. Well, no, they're just he's starting to get caught up in his own web of lies, which I, I really love. Yeah, I'm losing yeah. myself. Uh, it works for a second. You know, he yeah. does try to he does try to hit uh, the close button and it opens. He tries to go down, it goes up. 
Um, and you get the. Uh, it successfully <laughs> breaks. us. Yes. Yeah. And you know, could have seen that coming. Uh, Kevin calls it a circus board. After all, it's a circuit board. One of my uh, favorite. And that video, I, yeah. the video for a second is perfect. And this is exactly what Pam wanted. You know, mm-hmm. Dwight freaking out. Is this elevator going up? The elevator's disobeying us. Disobeying us. That's perfect. It's Dwight freaking out about a machine that he thinks has suddenly gone sentient. <laughs> I one of my favorite little earworm things that I like to bring up of this podcast from time to time is Hank. Hank, can you hear us? <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I would presume that that Kevin's button and circus board work uh, also disabled that feature, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but you know, I don't know what. There's what three floors in the business park. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, if that. So it's not a crazy serious issue. Um, but the the time between <laughs> the elevator breaking and Dwight needing to pee is is so short. It's so short, and I I do like that he like as soon as it happens, he starts to kind of dance a little bit. Yeah, and he's probably had to pee for quite a while, as he says he's been very busy this day. And uh, he's had to deal with the raccoons that I'm sure Jim probably introduced into the building <laughs> earlier in the summer. <laughs> he's been having to fix the men's toilet. Uh, all these sorts of things that, that I assume were all Jim pranks or things he's booby-trapped. So uh, kind of gets himself in the end there as well. And mm-hmm. Dwight tell, tells Pam to use your talons, pry them open <laughs> as he pees in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, I mean... There's not a lot else from this episode. It just really is the season opener. It sets the tone for everything that yeah. goes on in the season. There isn't uh there isn't a ton to like really uh dive into besides these sort of cursory storylines. And it's I think yeah. it's one of the reasons why I like this episode so much. It's very light. Um and it has a lot of my favorite little things. The the Hank Hank, can you hear us line, the keys plinking, Jim's eye roll, like all these little things just kind mm-hmm. of I think uh make this episode very memorable there's also one other line delivery by john krasinski that deserves a shout out which is when he's as he's sort of taking a while to look up at dwight he's like hey dwight they sent a memo where you have to drink your water out of these weird backpack things oh okay you got it what he did here (laughs) he's making fun of dwight's (laughs) camelback yeah uh appreciate that line read there Mm -hmm. Uh, and a pretty savage takedown from dwight you have one job to do and you do it forgettably yeah yeah (sighs) yeah those of us that do require hands-free hydration. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like the the kind of resolution, really quick of Jim and Pam of their sort of, you know, it's 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 not a it's it's just a it is a little weird how they present it with Pam kind of I love you, mm-hmm. like I was like oh really or is this is this really what is this actually an issue? It doesn't feel like it ever is, but it kind of, by the end of this episode, it's like, it never really was an issue. And I no, think that no. line of Jim's like, uh, oh, of course there is. Hey, Chinese tonight? She's like, yeah, great. It yeah. kind of just resets their like rhythm that they're just, they're in tune. Yeah, I mean, think about that compared to Chinese was my cheap suggestion. <laughs> Very different. That's a good call. That's a yeah. good call. I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine Chinese. if Jim and Pam in that moment outside the elevator, one of them was like, fast food? <laughs> fast food's fine. Yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's it for that episode. Uh, how about a 
quick little conference room? Well, there you have it. Let's go to the conference room. <laughs> All right. You know what? That's it. Conference room. Five minutes. All right. Couple. Uh, I just got one voicemail and then a. Uh, I got some blind rankings for you to do as well. Oh, clutch. All right. Uh, we uh, People sent us a bunch. So we're going to start chipping away at the pile of blind rankings. Um, and it'll just be a one-man show. You just get to do it. Okay. Be great. But before we do that, uh, let's get to um let's 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 get to a voicemail this one's from uh josh out in indiana hey guys uh, this is josh from indiana love the show been listening to you from almost the beginning wow. um oh wow so my question is this you know uh there's a lot of food featured in the office um you know, we got some signature dishes from everybody. Jan has her asafuco, which, you know, is not correct unless it's been braised for approximately 17 <laughs> hours. Um, you know, Kevin has his famous chili. Michael has many specialties, uh, most notably uh, eight by eight and a half by 11 uh, pieces of pancakes and also <laughs> French toast. Big breakfast man, Michael Scott. Uh, but I was just wondering, uh, you know, what do you think some of the other specialties are of some of the characters on The Office? Uh, or, well, of course, there's also Dwight, his famous uh, horse meat sliders or pony meat sliders, you know, uh, <laughs> that are taken from the horse without actually killing it, which is I'm, – I'm very interested in that. But anyway, um, maybe do an, do an episode on food in The Office. I think there's some interesting content there. So, anyways, keep it up. Love the show. Uh, I'm always listening to you guys on my commute. Make it go a lot more quickly. So uh, there you have it. Catch you on the flippity flop. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, Josh. Josh, thank you, Ben. Thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate it, yeah. and I love the question. Yeah, so, signature yeah, dishes. If there's, there's going to be a potluck, let's say, uh, or or something I'd like that. A friend's giving, perhaps. Um, mm -hmm. What other signature dishes would you want to see from some of the office members? Well, I think there's a few more that we can add to the list of ones we've already seen, just to kind of mm -hmm. shorten this list a bit. Like, I think Gabe is going to bring a homemade pizza where he made, you know, he made the dough, he made he made everything, uh, mm -hmm. as, as you guys talked about in Viewing Party. Um, I think that... I, f I feel like Ryan would also be a, he, he would focus on a breakfast item. Okay. Like he, f I like, I feel like Ryan's move as far as his signature dish is not like thinking of a potluck, but it's more like he would try and go hook up with someone and then cook them something impressive in the morning. Yeah. Like he has got one move where he makes like very good, like homemade biscuits or something. Um, Cause otherwise he's probably just serving his mom's. Pesto I was gonna say his spaghetti. mom's pesto or his mom's salsa. Yeah, yeah, but I could see him having. He's got like one biscuit recipe, and he just goes back to that well a lot. Mm -hmm. Or 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 uh, or waffles, uh, hotel waffles. Right. Yeah, a hotel waffle. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm thinking of? Doesn't Isabel make mac and cheese? And she brings it to Jim and Pam's house when they're in the hospital. And she talks to Dwight. Oh, when Dwight's ripping up the... Yeah. Ripping up the counters. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. she does. Yeah. I think you're right. Because she's like, you know, adults need to go to the dentist too. Huh, do they? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's that's one thing that came to mind. Isabel's mac and cheese, maybe. Isabel's mac um, and cheese, great. Yeah, great. Um, I'm trying to think of what I, other characters might. Angela's, like. I mean, I think Angela's brownies, like a dessert. Ah, uh, um, of course. You know, Magic just with her bars. holiday parties. Yeah, I think I think Angela's a signature dessert person. She probably makes very good brownies. Definitely. I think Oscar might be a signature cocktail person. Yes. We've seen him. Well, we've seen him at the bar. We've seen him run yeah. the bar when he's like, all right, what do we got? So he's, he's, I think he's, yeah, that's a great call. Very comfortable. Mm-hmm. What Mixologist. is his signature cocktail is the, is the question. Mm. Who knows? That is a good question. Some kind of take well, on we, the lemon, the lemon yod with the tilde over the end. Oh, <laughs> he makes his own lemon drop, kind of a, a twist on a lemon drop, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Boy, we really need Sean here for this. He's the cocktail guy. He is our, yeah, he's our resident mixologist, yeah. He is. He is. Uh, how about uh, Jim and Pam? Let's say if they were, they would probably make something together. I don't think they're making mm-hmm. two separate things. Oh, we know that Oscar makes lasagna. No, Oscar, sorry. Pam makes lasagna, Oscar makes pate. Ah, we do know this. Okay. Yeah, yes. That's right. That's right. Uh I, I think lasagna is great. Jim and Pam yeah. just bring lasagna. It's what they mm-hmm. do. It's their move. They're that shit, you know, meat, meat and potatoes. <laughs> I've never they're, seen they're a pan of lasagna not and, not been a, and not been able to eat the whole thing. <laughs> Can you imagine what that's like that it has that kind of power over me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Madge. Garfield, Garfield. Garfield, Garfield. Uh, that's great. Uh how about uh, what's Toby's signature dish? A hard truth. Mm. <laughs> the hard truth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I could feel like Toby's Ooh. got. Yeah, go ahead. Something middle, something Middle Eastern. We know about Toby's baba ganoush. Maybe oh, he's really right. into making falafel. That's right. Yeah. You got to patronize the only Lebanese restaurant in town. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Um, or he probably just yeah. Or maybe maybe he's got a maybe he's figured out an empanada recipe mm-hmm. at this point. Um, but yeah, I like falafel. That's good for Toby. Daryl, I feel like tacos. All right, we know that Daryl like likes to eat spaghetti. <laughs> uh, we also know that he likes tacos. I can see Daryl making like a big plate of enchiladas. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Tacos isn't actually the best, like potluck item necessarily. Yeah. Like you want a fresh hot taco, and it's kind of they're kind of hard to serve in that way. So I think you're right. I think he translates it into some pretty, pretty awesome enchiladas. Yeah, it's a good call. I can imagine Andy's move is just to buy something. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Andy's he signature it? dish comes from like PF Chang's. <laughs> Does he re? present it as if he did make it or is he pretty upfront that he just uh, went and bought something yes uh probably so this is what our friend this is what our friend ike did at a potluck once what did he do i don't even know if you were there you might have been gone by that point but he made a <laughs> it was it was a it was a potluck contest actually where everyone brought a dish and then we all like <laughs> tasted and blind taste tests okay. scored them all and voted and one of ike's Ike's dish won, and is <laughs> and as soon as it was like, all right, and the winner is like number four, and it was like, Ike's like, 
it was me. And that was, it was Zatarans, you idiots. <laughs> like, he just I do made, remember it. I do remember it. was a jambalaya? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, there was, there were some people there who were like not in our friend group, but they were friends with someone else. And uh, like, they didn't know Ike. And I think they thought it was really harsh when he said that. <laughs> it's like, they just didn't know. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> Zatarans. <laughs> he got us. This whole time. Yeah. Uh, Phyllis. Does Phyllis have a signature dish? Ooh. Whatever it is, there's no mushroom in it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you can see Phyllis um, making a pie. Yeah. 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 She's probably got a she's probably got a handed down pie crust recipe. No. Uh, Phyllis makes fudge. We find this out oh, in geez. season nine. When there's another person mm. instead of Stanley, and he's like, oh, I feel like I've already gained 10 pounds. Because mm. Phyllis has been giving <laughs> right. him the fudge. Fudge, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I, you know what, though? I bet in that couple, though, I'll bet Bob has got like a bomb signature dish that he makes. Like, I feel like, Bo- like Bob shows up with like... He's working the smoker. S- I was going to say, he's got smoked ribs. I bet he yeah. shows up with ribs. That's his move. Mm-hmm. And they're great. Fall off the bone. Just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a bit... It's, no contest when you think about Michael's man meat that he makes on the George Foreman grills that <laughs> no one can cut with the plastic knives and forks. Oh, shoot. I, They're like tearing with their teeth. Yeah. I even had the Dwight, I want some of your man meat drop, but it was just to open an episode, so I didn't keep it in there. <laughs> Never get to use that again. <laughs> um, okay, we've got almost everyone. I guess uh, Stanley? Ooh, Stanley's just bringing red wine. Yeah, Bob he just White. shows up with the red wine. Aaron, um, Aaron's bringing boiled Gatorade. <laughs> I can imagine Aaron just bringing a lot of candy. That's what I was. Yeah, yeah, Coconut but like Jade. weird, like peeps, like candy. <laughs> no Out of season. She loves, but no one really else likes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I think we've, we've pretty much. The only other people know. we haven't really talked about is Kelly, and then you know, if you want to talk about Nate again, <laughs> Gabe. Oh, we have to. Gabe. Robert California is bringing either basil or marmalade. marmalade. Um, yeah. All right. That's enough. We'll just leave that one there. Thank you, Josh. Thank All you right, again, uh, Josh. Let's close this out with a couple of blind rankings since we've been sent a lot. So if we're, if, if we're not doing the ones you sent, we will get to them. Don't you worry. Uh, but for now... Let me open this up. Okay, Edwin, I'm going to give Here you... We we'll, do a cu- we'll do a couple of these. It's your boy, Rank Sinatra. Um, rank Sinatra. <laughs> Ooh, Rank did it. Sean can be Rank did it. <laughs> okay. uh, all right. Let's see. What would be fun for you to do? Oh, okay. I'm the this driving crooner, one. baby. Driving crooner. It's simply too good. Okay, here we go. Ready? Blind ranking. Uh-huh. Number one. How am I gonna write these down? Okay, here we go. All right. Um The Scarn. The Scarn. I'm going to put the Scarn at uh three. All right. <laughs> Great. Uh let's do the Ballad of Sweeney Todd. 
Uh, five. Okay. <laughs> not bad, but not, uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I hear you. All right. 9,986,000 minutes. Two. Ooh. All right. And Dunder Mifflin people, persons, paper people. Number one. Awesome. Which leaves at number four, the Suck It theme song. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, perfect. These are Edwin's rankings of musical numbers in the office. At number one, we have the uh, People, Persons, Paper, People theme song as popularized by this podcast. At number two. 9,986,000 9,986,000 minutes at number three, the Scarn at number four, the suck it theme song and number five, the ballad, <laughs> the celebrated soundtrack of Sweeney Todd <laughs> award winning soundtrack. I love it. Okay, great. Uh, great. Any switches you'd want to do there? Uh, I'd probably put the 9,986,000 minutes a bit lower. Probably. I guess I'd probably put that at three. <laughs> I, guess, I don't know. Yeah, the yeah, Scarn's got to be, be top. The Scarn's got to be number two. I, I wasn't like. sure what the rest of the list was. I wasn't sure if it was about sure. dance moves or if it was about music. Like, you yeah. never know. Scarn's got to be. Scarn, the Scarn was a good one to start because it could have been a dance, could have been yeah. a theme song. Who knows? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, one more? Yeah, let's go one more. One more. Um,. Two. Okay. Uh, I declare bankruptcy. Uh, four. Oh, okay. Butt liquor. Our prices have never been lower. One. <laughs> uh, shut up about the sun. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's tough. I'm gonna go five. All right, which means at number three, boy, I will hammer spank your rear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Edwin's ranking of exclamations. From characters, number one, butt liquor, our prices have never been lower. Number two, boy, I will handle spank your rear. I declare bankruptcy. And number five, shut up about the sun. That's pretty good. I think it's about good. right. Yeah. If I'm guessing, I feel like you would have put do under hammer spank your rear. No. I would have put, no? I declare, yeah, I think hammer spank your rear probably needs to go below I declare bankruptcy. Just in terms of signatures you know yeah Yeah. but for our show okay but for our show that is true you want to do any more i think we should save them we need uh we need rank did it with us (laughs) okay because we have more i know we i'm sure we have more let's leave it there we'll leave that right there. we have to let the cookies cool before we pop them in our mouths (laughs) wait for a sweet boy sean to return to us um and it might even our schedules are super weird right now this time of year uh with with this is true sean is uh sean's on a on set on a job and um i am 
on vacation in and out of i'm always in and out of vacation as we talked about i'm constantly on vacation not working but i will be gone i might be gone for this next episode so <laughs> who knows we shall see <laughs> or all over yeah funny enough it is it is our uh, our host who lives in um Switzerland, who flies all over the world all the time, who has the most stable, normal schedule of That's all right, of us baby. right now. So, good on you. At least for a few weeks, but... At least yeah. for a few weeks, but uh, it also, the duty of closing the show out falls on you, sir. Well, there you have it. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you having uh, uh, spending some time with us for, for listening. Special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who does all, all our artwork. Um, special thanks to Kayla and Brianna, who run our Discord. Um, there are other things to say, but this show is recorded on location in Portland, Oregon, and Zurich, Switzerland. Thank you for listening. Um, thanks for hanging out with us. We want to hear from you. So send us more emails, more questions, um, anything you got. You can call us and leave us a voicemail. And that number is 503-694-9314. I only kind of forgot that time because I remembered to ask Alex. <laughs> uh, but call and leave us a voicemail. We're just so happy for everyone that interacts with our show, that listens, supports our show. Um, if you got questions on your mind, uh, I, I think you can get them in for our Patreon this month. Join our Patreon, five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Helps us, mm-hmm. supports the show. More importantly, we donate a portion of that to Thurgood Marshall College Fund every single month. Um, yeah. And I guess I'm probably missing some more things from the get outro. On to, get onto our Discord. Join us. Come party with us. Again, new uh, exclusive monthly mailbag Scott's Tots episode uh, also also coming up very quickly. So good time to join the Tots. Rate and review the show. Listen to Captive Audience. Listen to Temptation mm. Island. But more important than mm. all of that, take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Pippity Poppy, give me this up. Yes, sir. sir. Closing time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Good night. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.